0: My name is Jay McDonald, and we're on Namaste Real. I'm here with Trish and Ward. Welcome. Thank you. It's nice to be here. And we're hanging out up in my attic of an office, having a splash. Um, And we're going to talk about some yoga, some not yoga things. So first of all, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, it's kind of fun to, to be here and share, so. Yes, share a splash and share a a conversation. Yeah. Um, So my first question is, how did you get into yoga? Oh, gosh. Um,
1: Well, I actually took my first yoga class when I was about 22. Yeah, and that
0: was going to be a question too, so good. Go ahead. Okay. That's a great one.
1: um, And I was living in Florida Keys at the time, and I went to this yoga class with a friend of mine, and um, I... It was a little bit too much structure for me at the time. <laughs> I was a little frustrated with you know the
0: because it is very structured when you're in a class. So
1: I went a few times, but I didn't. Do you know,
0: think it was the the style of yoga really, or just the structure, the fact?
1: No, I think it was I was not ready to calm down. I couldn't calm my mind down, and I oh, think, okay. you know it was like having to, to not be able to continue to move
0: because mm-hmm. you know
1: I ran and you yeah. Know, And so I went back to yoga um, out of necessity because I had some injuries from running because I was a runner for 15 years and I had hip injuries and, you know, a friend of mine that I was a um, PT said, physical therapist said, she got to quit running and I was like, what else am I going to do? And I was belly dancing, sort of easing my way out of running into belly dancing, Mm -hmm. but I still wanted something else. And I was really kind of searching for something more spiritual. I didn't know what. Mm-hmm. And so I went in and out of yoga classes for probably two or three years before I really got a solid practice.
0: Before I ever even bought a mat. Yeah. You know, I probably... That's how it. you know you're serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you yeah. buy a mat, that's, that, that to me, that's an up level. It's like, yeah. okay, I'm serious about this. I actually want my own mat. Yeah. Yeah. If I had a dime for every former runner that I've had in my classes, <laughs> yeah. I could, I might have hundreds of dollars. I mean, who knows? Right. But, yeah, I do find that interesting. And I find it interesting that most of the runners that I've had in my classes or who have come to yoga, there is a certain, they run about that amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I think their body starts to break down a little bit. And so there's usually that time period where they run for so long And it's like the body starts to break down and it doesn't start to feel good. And then, and the injuries and the other things. And I'm not saying that happens to every runner. Don't yell at me if you're a runner and you're perfectly fine. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying if you're not as a runner, you know, a lot of runners will run and they don't stretch enough, you know, and cause they kind of get addicted to the endorphins and the high. Mm-hmm. And so the stretching is just not sexy. It's not fun. So the, it's not just the running. That's the problem. It's just, are you balancing out? Are you well-rounded, you know, balancing the stretching and the mobility and agility right. with the running? Right. Which very few runners I know do. Right. And I,
1: I actually did a little bit, mm-hmm. but not like I, now I know uh, mm-hmm. like I should have. And And it was that giving up that, that high that, but for me, I kind of, I actually associate that high with, um, with what happens in yoga, that calmness. I was able to get to a place in my mind that I was Mm -hmm. calm and I could let everything go just like You know, in yoga Mm -hmm. class, you just forget about everything. And that's what I did with running. It was the only time I could be
0: calm. Well, and you probably were so focused on your running and your breathing that you weren't thinking of other things. And that's, I think, when the magic happens in yoga Mm -hmm. is when you all of a sudden realize the the crazy monkey mind loop that -hmm. we're stuck on just kind of goes away and you're like, oh, wow. And I imagine running kind of can do the same thing.
1: And I think that's what happened when I finally started to to, to get a practice that mm-hmm. I was going to commit to was I went to a yoga class where a lot of the focus was on breathing, but there was still a lot of movement. And so it kind of was that combination that, that helped me to ease into it. Yeah. And I will
0: say Trish, just personally, to me, that is the ideal class. Mm -hmm. I have to have movement, Mm -hmm. you know, especially if I've been sitting all day. The last thing I want to do if I've been sitting all day is to sit on a mat and not do anything. And so that's why I'm attracted to a flowing yin Mm -hmm. or a class. And even like booty to me, booty is the endorphin Let it go. Let your free flag fly. And then after that, that's when I can really dial into my calm once I've released the tension and kind of had my moment of, you know, so for me, the movement and the stillness, I like them together. I think that's important for me. Not everybody feels that way and that's fine. That's why we have a bazillion styles of yoga, but I know what you're saying. I mean, if the the movement to me is an important precursor to the, the ultimate stillness.
1: You know, and then I just started, I, you know, I read, I, I got books, and I also went to a lot of different classes, and um, really was sort of enlightened by some of the things I learned about yoga, the practice of yoga, and how, to me, it speaks to spirituality, maybe Hinduism or Buddhism which speaks to me more than the faith that I grew up in, which I'm still a part of, but not necessarily practicing Christianity. But to me, they, they're they all giving the same message. They're just going—they're just saying it differently. And when I could tap into that piece of it, too, it was like I was hooked.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I know what you mean. It's the whole package to me, the whole package. And you kind of bring your own spirituality to it, to me. It's a discipline. You bring it's your... You know, cause a lot of people say, well, yoga is a religion and I, I can't do it because it's a religion. And I'm like, well, it's really a discipline that you bring your own spiritual. That's how I feel about it. I and mean, I'm sure other people feel differently and that's fine, but I feel like you bring your own spirituality to it and you bring your own and that's part of what makes it yours. That's what I love about it is I make it my own, yeah. you know, it's not like group calisthenics. It's like my own practice It's right. unique to me and, and that, that's what I love about it. Yeah. So what made you decide to do the teacher training? I
1: had been thinking about doing the teacher training for about two years, and it's, I'm, I'm always a little bit embarrassed to say my, my original reason was because, oh, I'll tell you mine, and it's ridiculous, <laughs> okay, so listen, I've heard it all, and I, you know, I, I was a belly dance teacher, and I was mm-hmm. in the belly dance troupe for 10 years, and taught for four or five, five or six, and And so I knew from teaching belly dance after having performed and Mm -hmm. been in a troupe and then moved into teaching that my belly dancing got exponentially better when I began teaching. Mm -hmm. And that was my first thought. Oh, well, you know, because I really wanted to ramp up. You Mm -hmm. know how it is. You're like, you want to be better, you want to be better. Thank God I've moved beyond all that, but that's what got me where I am today. So I wanted to be better, and I wanted it to happen quicker. And I knew that if I started teaching, that it would. Yeah, no, I
0: get that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were going to go in a different direction about why you were intimidated by teacher training. And I thought I couldn't do teacher training way back in the day because I got certified, like, well, 2004, so that was almost 20 years ago. I thought I, because I couldn't do Lotus. (laughs) So I was like, well, I can't teach. I can't even do Lotus. I mean, and that's just crazy, yeah. you know, to think that, but that's what I thought. Yeah. And so I wanted to do it for years. And anyway, I finally, I decided that the fact that I couldn't do it. I remember going into it thinking, well, maybe by the end of teacher training, I'll be able to do Lotus or maybe I won't care. And it really became, I don't care. Like it was more, mm-hmm. that was a very freeing thing just to be like, no, because I mean, I can't do it because of my anatomy. Yeah, You know, like David Swenson says, if you've been trying something for, a decade, maybe you need to let it go. (laughs) Right. And dad gum, is he right? Yeah. So yes. Yeah. I mean, everyone has their own reasons for doing it and, um, you know, they're all valid. It's, you know, because to me it's like, it's a brave decision. It's brave to put yourself out there and to learn something like that and to want to teach it. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's just, it's, it's such a, to me, it was so it was just such a drop kick out of my comfort zone, you know? And I think you grow in ways that you can't any other way when you do something like that, which scares the crap out of you and challenges you. That's where the growth comes from. Don't you think? Yeah, totally. Totally. And,
1: and I think that's because I, because of performing and because of teaching belly dance, it sort of moved me beyond that fear Mm -hmm. factor. Although I was still, yeah. When I did taught my first class, I was still really terrified, mm-hmm. but, but I think it, I, I don't even think I would have gotten there if I hadn't done the other first. Yeah. I don't think I would have thought I could do it.
0: Yeah. But. I mean, it's interesting, you know, because I always was ner- like, I made myself do plays in high school because I was nervous in front of a crowd. I took public speaking because mm-hmm. it terrified That's me. It. And, um, and so I think this was kind of an extension of that. Do You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, and whether you teach or not, because I think you can do it and not teach, but whether you teach or not, don't you think you come out of it with such a stronger sense of self and confidence? Yes. Um, and that's, it's hard to explain how that happens, but it does. And I think that that's the important thing
1: for people to understand that. It's a shame you can't call it something else because yoga teacher training makes people think, oh, well, I can't do it because I don't want to teach or, you know, because it's so much more than that. It's about, and by the time I finally got to where I signed up to teach, which was about a two year period, Mm -hmm. I was signing up to, to, to take that training for an entirely different reason. Yeah. But part of it is that. You want to immerse yourself into
0: this. Yeah, it's such a, and I, it's such a, there's such a deep dive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much to yoga, which is why I love it. I don't think I'll ever even scratch the surface of all the depth that there is. Yeah. And I, you know, and you can't get it all in a class. No. You know, I mean, even, I don't care how amazing the teacher is. There is, to me, implied a lot of work on your own time in yes. yoga, in your own practice, whether you teach or not. And I think that's what the teacher training for me was, was like there was so much more to it and there's so much you know, and, and even still to this day there are layers mm-hmm. that I'm still processing and peeling back. And um, and that's what I love about it is because I don't feel like I'll ever get to the point where I'll be like, I just I know it all. And I'm um, bored. Right? right. I can't even imagine. Can you? No. No, not, at all. I mean, not in a million years. Mm-mm. Okay, so next question is non yoga related, what is your favorite cuss word and why? And we can say bad words <laughs> since I asked you that question. I mean, but aside from that, what's your favorite cuss word?
1: I really have to practice this because I, you know, I'm so schizophrenic about this because
0: do you I, feel bad about
1: cussing? No. Okay. But I know that other people are offended. Yeah. And I also am offended when, especially men that I have worked around or Mm -hmm. worked with, use really strong foul language around me and Mm. they don't really know me and it's in a professional setting. Mm -hmm. And so I do have that sort of other side of it. Mm -hmm. But I grew up saying fucking everything, Mm you know, when I was in high school and my first, first years in college. And,
0: um, and do you think there's a familiarity factor? There is, you know, like, I mean, I'm not saying I haven't let one fly inadvertently and appropriately. <laughs> um, and usually it was just, just you know, yeah. my mouth was faster than my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know what you're saying. It's not that you don't like that. They're saying the bad word. You just feel like there ought to be a familiarity and a knowledge that you are someone who they're familiar enough and comfortable enough that they know you'll be okay with that word.
1: Right. Exactly. And, and especially if it's a professional setting, I feel like when people don't, because I've had to deal with this mm-hmm. many times, if they feel like it's okay to let, not just say fuck not just say the word fuck, oh, that just fucked, you know, not that, but like, an, a, you know, a string of kind of vulgarities that kind of creates a picture in your mind that you don't want to see.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> a stream of obscenities can do that. <laughs>
1: You know that kind of thing. Uh-huh. I feel like you know that it is disrespectful to me and everybody that's in there mm-hmm. to, to talk like that. So that aside, okay, understood. I think that puff is probably yeah. Why. And I you know I've tried to you know use it with discretion. You know I do temper uh-huh. using it. You mm-hmm. know, and I I try to not use it too much on social media because that will come back to
0: haunt me. Mm-hmm. But I do think it in my head. Yeah, so that was my rule with my kids because I was such a I, fuck is my favorite, but if I'm in the car, ass wife is my favorite. Yeah. I can't explain the dichotomy, but yes, exactly. In fact, my son one time was like, "Do you know that person?" So I was like, "In fact, no. Why are you calling in the ass Well, you know, it just makes me feel better. And so I had to have that rule with my kids because I had I have by far the worst mouth, way worse than my husband. Yeah, and I had to say to them at one point, I was like, "I can't be a hypocrite, you know, and be like, you know." do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. So the rule was they could say it in their head,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: they couldn't say it out loud unless they were by themselves or with someone they knew really well. That's a good rule of thumb. I'm going to hang on to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was all I could think of to not be, you know, cause I'm like, I didn't want to be a huge hypocrite, yeah. you know, I mean, as much as I could avoid it, but at the same time, you know, I had to have, because I remember one time a little kid was like, shit, 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 this room, and I was like, oh, and he was like, well, that makes all, I was like, fair enough, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, and good point, and I'll leave it at that. And yeah. so, yeah, and fun fun fact, I had a friend of mine's daughter, and my friend Renee will appreciate this. Her daughter came over and stayed with me, and of course, somehow, one of my kids said it, and Annalise was like, that's inappropriate, and you know, my mom doesn't allow that language, and I was like, so I had to explain the McDonald's rule of bad <laughs> Right. and so, of course, Annalise goes home and tells her mom my rules, and my friend Renee is like, well, those are the McDonald's house rules. They are not the steel house rules. So, you know, everybody has their own rules, and you know, yeah. rules are rules, you know, as long as they make sense to you it is what it is all right what was your first concert
1: oh my
0: god i'm too old to remember that uh Uh, i don't believe that because you are not if you're not old you're close to my age i'm 54 how old are you you don't want to tell me (laughs) (laughs) all right you don't have to tell me no i i will tell you i'm i just
1: turned 67. shut up yeah you did not yes i did it's, you did not. It's like weighing on me heavy. Because <laughs> so I didn't well, have that whole
0: 40 thing. But let me just tell you, thing. and for those of you at home, you probably don't know. You don't even, I wouldn't have even guessed. I thought you were probably late 50s. Like, yeah. I thought you were maybe 60-ish. Yeah. Never in my wildest well, dreams would I have guessed you were 67. I mean, you don't look it or act it at all. And I mean that as a compliment. Thank you. you. Thank you. Well, I I think it's, I think it's. my attitude?
1: It's an attitude, it's my life experience, and I have not in my life, I'm trying to think, have I ever said this, except for just now, you know, I'm too old. I never say that, never. I never reference anything to what I can or can't do. Because of your age. Because of my age, because it doesn't have anything to
0: do with my age. (laughs) She said said, (laughs) fucking. She mouthed it, but she said it. <laughs> but you know. I do know what you mean, and I think that's... Look, I think there's a lot to that, because my grandmother was my hero, really. My My grandmother, I was very close Mind to her, you. and she aged incredibly well. And she used to always call it your disposition. Like, she has a good disposition. She doesn't have a good disposition. Oh, I like that. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And she always had an optimistic outlook on life do you know what i'm saying i mean and she suffered her fair share of tragedy more so probably than you know than other people but at the end of the day she had her faith and her spirituality which meant a lot to her and she just ultimately had an optimistic outlook and she chose that optimistic disposition and outlook you know what i mean and she stayed active she did tai chi she played bridge she did crossword puzzles and she made an effort to stay healthy mentally, physically, all of the things. And so, and I and I mean, to be honest with you, she refused a wheelchair even when she probably could have gotten one. And she had a little walker and I gave her a little basket and all her stuff. And so we, I stayed with her and we would, it would take us like half an hour to get to the dining room because she'd stop and rest. And she'd be like, I know I'm slow. as Christmas. I'm sorry. And I'd be like, you know what? I don't have my kids. Like I'm not in a hurry at all. This a is actually, moment. I mean, this a is a vacation for <laughs> really? me, but I mean, even in like, you know, when she dealt with, cause her body kind of gave out before her mind, Yeah, you know, she had congestive heart failure. She, she lived to be um, 95 mm-hmm. and, um, and when my stepmom called me to tell me she died, I was shocked. I stepmom was and like, see, oh, you know she's ninety-five. I was like, well, I know. I mean, I know, but I don't know. And that said a lot. The fact that even at ninety-five, I was shocked. Yeah. Because she just seemed sort of eternally youthful in a way, and it was her outlook. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exactly what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I just. I'm gonna keep doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully it'll keep me doing
0: what I want to do. Yes, yeah. I believe it will. Yeah. All right, so first concert. Don't give me that crap about being too oh, old or another. They, I know.
1: Well, but maybe it's not the earliest concert my... you remember. Oh, Lordy. I do remember when I was 19, I was on my way to, I don't know where, I, somewhere to a town that was like two hours away to see um, Vlad Stewart. You know, next week, my bar
0: is Broad Stewart. That's the it thing. It is? Yes, that's oh my the God. musical
1: thing. Well, I have to look and see when it is. Um, but I didn't make it because my tire blew out in my little Corvair. I was just driving Corvair, and I had my friends with me, and we were all headed you know, to this concert, to this campus somewhere. And, and my tire blew out. And by the time we got it all fixed, the concert was over. And I was so bummed out. That I, that wasn't my first concert because I did I used to go to um, I just go by myself a lot because I back then when I was eighteen and nineteen um, a lot of my friends didn't like I liked jazz mm-hmm. and you know Herbie Mann and stuff like that and so I would go to you know pubs that were downtown
0: that mm-hmm. had. That kind of music. And so yeah. I would so it was this. a concert in a way. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. My husband's a musician and we've had a lot of discussions about different types of music and jazz to me can be like a finger in the eye. Do so, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I, I mean, it can be because it is so off tempo and part of the thing of jazz is how it's not, it's just so different. And, and bluegrass can be that way for me. Exactly. Bluegrass can make me anxious. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's like the magnet, you know, if it's yeah. really fast, it literally makes me anxious. That but banjo then, wailing forever. <laughs> I mean, really. I um, but then it is not all that way, but some of it is that way. So it's kind of funny. And it took me a while to realize that it affected my nervous system. Because I was trying to explain to my husband, I was like, you know, I don't really like this. And I'm trying to explain why. And finally, I was like, it makes me anxious. Like the literally, horns, like the horns hurt my ears. You know, when you've got jazz with a lot of horns, and mm-hmm.
1: and so yeah, I'm very selective.
0: But when I yeah, I mean, because there's like, awesome jazz. Like I love yeah. Diana crawl and there's exactly you know, like there's some amazing smooth, smooth,
1: easy flow. Yeah, See, I kind like
0: the smoother. Me too. You know, yeah. and not quite so like I don't know fast. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yes. I mean, it's just a a preference. It's a chilling. It is a chillin'. <laughs> What's your favorite yoga pose? My favorite
1: yoga pose has not changed, and it's such a challenge for me. It's King Dancer. Wow. I love that pose. I wrote my, you know, in yoga teacher training, you have to write a thing about the poses. Like, I can't even remember. We had to do a few of them. And King Dancer was my one that I spent the most time on, that I practiced and practiced because you're supposed to practice. And lo and
0: behold, like, people would come back, and they hadn't really practiced, and I'm like... But that's what we're supposed to do. But yeah, you know, Trish, I hate to tell you this, but there are people that don't follow the rules and I don't know. do as they're supposed to. But but anyway, but I might be one of those people at times. I think you probably are.
1: <laughs> and I'm getting there. Yeah, I well, might be you know, seven, but I'm almost seven. Balance and all things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I fell in love with that pose, and it is still I, I in my mind when I see that now, it's so funny because I see Amber Russo. Mm-hmm. do it like that picture that she yeah, posted yeah, I saw that, that she's just doing it like effortless effortlessly and
0: i'm like i love have a picture me <laughs> but you know i yeah there's nothing different. about that pose that's effortless for no me. it's it's i need to have like my arm needs to be like you know two feet longer <laughs> i know you know because there's that there's a no. the proportion issue but yeah. yeah that pose is um I mean, look, that pose, you feel powerful, mm-hmm. and there are things about that pose, feel graceful. Well, you might. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I don't. You,
0: you, you aspire. Of... You aspire to feel graceful. Just let me rephrase that. Yeah, I mean, I, and, you know it's so funny? It's like you have that image in your mind of how you look and probably how you really look. <laughs>
1: oh, I look like Andrew
0: so. Exactly. and that pose, I'm going to tell you, I don't, it, it, in my mind and in my body, I'm pretty sure we're on the same page in that one. You know, and I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's that's interesting. That's your favorite pose, yeah. Mine kind of varies a little bit. Um, but overall, at, lately it's been down dog and not the first down dog, it's the down dog, like maybe over halfway through the class, yes. That you, you really know, the warmed up. up down dog, yeah. yeah. And you feel like you're like balanced, yeah. and yeah, so it's probably the over halfway through down dog. That's my favorite. You can feel that stretch across your skin and mm-hmm. across the lower part of your back. Yep. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you like what you like. And mine, you know, beer, it goes all over the place. So what's your least favorite?
1: <sighs> my least favorite yoga pose. Um, I, you know, this is, it's, I
0: love and I, okay, oh. oh, don't hit me on Oh, it's too late. Sorry, I gave, t- <laughs> so let me tell you my grandmother's rule is that if it's, if you don't empty the first glass and you just get it freshened up, it's still the same glass. Oh, okay. So I just freshened yours up a lot. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> no, i have It's again. the same
0: drink. Yeah, you just got to roll downhill. So
1: I, I really love and I really hate child's pose.
0: Okay, expound.
1: Because I, um, not everybody knows this about me, but I, I have lupus and it affects my joints and it affects, you know, the tendons and everything mm-hmm. in my body. Well, my feet really give me fits with yoga, with like, I, like when I'm doing upward dog, upper facing dog, I, I can't put the weight on my feet. I yeah. can do it like for, but it's not because I don't have the strength. It's, it's that because it hurts you. It feet. is so painful yeah.
0: that I just, you know, could kill somebody at that moment. Right. And which we're, we're never really supposed to be going for that. No. <laughs> if you have a homicidal rage and a pose. That's a cue. That yeah. You need that you to might not something. want to do it.
1: And, and so, um, child's pose will, put me in that frenzy sometimes yeah. like, with my feet. Yeah. And I want to stay in it because it feels so good in my upper body and Yeah, it feels so good in my lower back. Mm-hmm. And my feet are screaming. And so I just kind
0: of lift and shift. And- have you tried rolled up mat over oh, yeah. the front of your ankles? Yeah, Nothing really helps? That helps for a little while, but then it affects the other muscles that mm-hmm. haven't
1: been used <laughs> yeah. except in that, in the neck and mm-hmm. Yeah, And so I have a lot of I have a lot of issues with that. And my feet have been kind of like my thing, uh, my nemesis ever since I, I mean, for a long time. Mm -hmm.
0: So I just work with it. And I feel like, you know. Yeah, because you know what? Your feet are important. Yeah, they're important. So treat them well. Mm -hmm.
1: So I just work with it and I kind of, because I I want that whole child's
0: pose stretch, the rest Mm -hmm. of it. And so I just kind of try to. Can make- you shift your hips forward a little mm-hmm. bit? That helps sometimes, mm-hmm. I know. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have foot and ankle issues in general, and even me. Yeah. And so to them, if they take their upper body forward, yeah, it takes so much pressure off of the feet, ankles, and knees.
1: Well, I'm going to remember that because I, I, oh my god!
0: I know. Sorry, <laughs> Trish just realized how much line I gave her. It's like,
1: it's mm-hmm. like to the top. Oh yeah. Um, it's freshened up. It's fresh. It doesn't <laughs> count. It's very fresh. Hmm. And, um, so I just, you know, I love that pose because it does challenge me and it, and it actually, like I'm able to do
0: things with my feet that I wasn't able to do 10 years ago
1: mm-hmm. yeah. because of, because I, part of that is
0: yeah that stretch. So it's that balance of not overdoing it, exactly. but working within, yeah. you know, your edge or whatever, your range of motion. My least favorite is warrior one. Now, why is that? Because I have SI joint issues. And I have a little bit of scoliosis in my lower back, oh. and I can't get into that pose the way it is traditionally viewed as being successful. Mm-hmm. I can't, and I mean, and for years I didn't do Warrior One. I just did a high lunge, and my SI joints and my sacrum were super happy. Huh. And then when I opened the studio, I decided, well, it's time, you know, to try it, and I end up screwing like oh. massively destabilizing my lower back so and I constantly have had teachers say well you know they they think they're helping me by trying to cue me into the traditional definition of that pose but the SI joints and the thing like symmetry mm-hmm. and so really I've kind of gone back to the high lunge because I realize in a lot of ways I destabilized my spine mm-hmm. so that's why warrior one is I don't I don't like that pose because because I feel like, I don't know, and I, it's because I can't do the traditional version of it. In other words, there is no way I can humanly square my hips, you know what I mean? And, and have, have, have the back planted. foot turned out. Yeah. I mean, with, with let's just yeah. say with my leg still attached. Yeah. So if I were to detach my leg from my body, which, I mean, no one can do. Yeah. And so, and I'm, in fact for years, like I thought that, and it's the way my hip joints are formed. I thought if I just stretched enough and practiced enough, I would be able to get that. And I finally realized through more knowledge and a deep dive into all things. I finally realized that that is not, it's not, it's it's never going to happen. It's your bones. It's my bones. And it's also like you know, I mean, why are we basing all of our anatomy cues and all of our designs of how a pose should be based on like the aesthetics of it, like how it looks, you know? And so once I quit worrying about, I mean, in other words, someone showed me a really short warrior one mm-hmm. and not, and if I hear one more time and deepen the front knee bend and I feel like, well, you know, it's like. <laughs> I mean, I know you mean well, but you know, for me, so that's just part of your ego getting out of yeah. the way, you know, getting your ego to just shut up and say, okay, you know, I'm not going to be She's the kind of talking to me. She, well, she may be, that's not my problem. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just getting to accept that you're not going to be like in the dictionary next to warrior one and then it's okay. And that's just part of our journey. And don't, I mean, that's kind of why I think even now I think I have a little PTSD in warrior one. Like whenever somebody calls that pose, I'm gnashing my teeth. So I'm saying the F bomb Mm -hmm. in my head, you know, because it's just, it's just one of those poses that brings up all my shit, you know?
1: And that just goes, (laughs) that just speaks to the fact that we're constantly saying, we're constantly listen to your body Yes, and listen to what your body tells you. You can do at this moment. Yes.
0: Yes. You're exactly right. Ahimsa. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I mean, even as, Yoga instructors and yoga teachers, it doesn't matter how many flipping hours you have in Yoga Alliance, it's always a process and there's never, you know, it's day by day. Yeah. I have days where I'm like, oh yeah, I don't care, man, I'm going to do me. And then I have days where I'm like, you know, I'm yeah, oh why did she call You know, it's just, it's just so funny, that journey. And being aware of, like, where is that coming from and what is that process? You know, is that, still- that sort of separation from your thoughts. What, if you had a senior superlative, what would it be? A what? You know, like most athletic. (laughs) Huh? You know, didn't you have that in your senior class? So, like, for example, most senior class they have in the yearbook, like most athletic or most social or most um, likely to um, be famous. So, if, all right, well, let's just pretend that you were. And so, if you'd had one, what would it be? Most likely to. (laughs) Most likely to get arrested. <laughs>
1: I... Well, now... I, this is what popped into my head. And okay. It, Just free for Most it. then. Most then? Yeah. Okay, even back then. Well, I wouldn't have said it back then. <laughs> in retrospect. Okay, back then. Okay, so in retrospect, if I was back there, um. So I guess they didn't really have a most
0: You can make one snobby. Up. You were the most snobby? Oh, for me. Yeah. I I meant they were, they're, no, for, like, what? Yeah. You're cut off. <laughs> no, I meant, like, what would your seniors mind? What would suppose? mine be? Yes.
1: Um, most, this is just coming <laughs> to my head, and I wouldn't have used this word back then,
0: but. Most reticent. So most... So you were kind of in the background. Yeah. I was like... You didn't want to be noticed. I didn't. I didn't either in school. Well, up until high school. I would say middle school is where I was really like that. Yeah. I mean, I really... Why do you think that was?
1: Well, for me, it was like kind of a protection thing. Was was, you an introvert? I was an introvert. I had had a lot of unwanted advances. Mm -hmm. And so I was like... So that was your protection. That was your
0: defense mechanism. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So I was just, you know, kind of like trying to not draw a lot of attention to myself.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And
1: a a lot of it was, I
0: was introverted.
1: I didn't know how to respond to people, you know, it was like people would, and I, I didn't have that
0: social chatter kind of thing. Yeah. I didn't grow up with it. Mm -hmm. I didn't have it. So. Yeah. Well, it's like anything, it's a skill. It is a skill, you mind. know, and people don't, we don't, I don't know it, that we acknowledge you. that, but it is. It's a skill yeah. to be social and it's a learned behavior. Yeah. We're not born. Well, not everybody's born knowing what to do. Yeah. I don't know what mine would have been. Probably, oh my God, I don't even know. Yes. Uh, wildest, <laughs> craziest. Most likely to not graduate. Some,
1: something that, and but that, um, that's, that's already <laughs> been, that's, that is one.
0: <laughs> I did eventually graduate, but it took a village, I will tell you that. Um, what was your first celebrity crush? And like whose poster would have been on your wall? Do you remember?
1: Well, I, I mean the Beatles.
0: Yeah, okay, which one?
1: Probably Paul you know, like I had a bracelet and my mom mm-hmm. got me a
0: bracelet. Did she, you have a poster? I had a poster. She got me a little purse that had mm-hmm. all their heads on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you like feel like verklempt when you watched them on television? I or didn't. Them? Mm-hmm. I
1: didn't. You know, it's funny cause I, I never felt like that about anybody, but I was just like, I love the sound of that voice. <laughs> yeah. You
0: know? And so it, you weren't like a crazy super fan. You were just like, yeah. I love them.
1: Yeah. I love. The sound of that voice and it was like mm-hmm. I just loved to listen and I wasn't I didn't have like that teenage girl crush mm-hmm. on, on any any band or any musician mm-hmm. but then I was like I, I think <laughs> I was you know
0: my untrained ear yeah <laughs> but um, I mean not so untrained I mean he, no look I, I mean I, I my husband considers the Beatles the best band of all time <laughs> they're I would say they're the best, like, more pop band of all time. I mean, I'm yeah, more of a I'm rock person, yeah. and I like Led Zeppelin to me is the best rock band Love of all time. Led Zeppelin. So I'm a Led Zeppelin freak. So I acknowledge that the Beatles, like, their, their lyrics, their melodies, they were amazing mm-hmm. writers and musicians. Yeah. Totally would acknowledge that. But I like my music a little edgier. I like Ever some, some edge. the probably from that
1: time period. Yeah. Well, after the Beatles, but Emerson,
0: yeah. like, and Palmer's probably my favorite. Okay, they're not super edgy, but
1: but they, you know, they fused
0: a lot. And I yeah, fused, you know, yeah. they
1: fused like classical with yeah. You know, pop. And, you
0: know, yeah, well, they were different. They, they were, were kind very of innovative, yeah. and that's with what the you, keyboards. And, sure, and, yeah. absolutely. So, what's your funniest teaching moment? Funniest? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny? Yeah. I don't know if I would call it. Funny. Yeah. Well, all right embarrassing funny you know something along those lines
1: well my first mm-hmm. in this very studio yeah i
0: know i've had several that were in the studio so
1: <laughs> bring it on well it wasn't that bad but it was for me it was kind of like mortifying at the moment because i was using my phone to stream my music mm-hmm. through and i had my phone turned i was not the iPhone I have now, but it was the yeah. earlier iPhone and right. you couldn't turn you couldn't play music through it. If you
0: turned your phone off, yeah. you couldn't play music through it. So you had right. a, so it was old school. But I found that out later. Right. It usually it, there's usually an embarrassing moment that helps you learn these but things. I was subbing for I can't remember who was
1: doing the who does the rocks and Oh that's Amber. Amber's Clyde. Amber Clyde, you Amber were the Clyde. hot stone restorative I was doing her hot stone restorative. Yeah. Everybody is in that distorted mode, mm-hmm. and my phone just <laughs> like, bah! yeah you know? and I was really embarrassed because it was my first, it's like my first thing here, I think. Yeah,
0: it was so embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's funny that.
0: yeah so, I've had too many to name, <laughs> but I will <laughs> tell you one funny moment that really wasn't me, but I was involved in it is Kendall So, funny enough, this involves technology and phones. So we had one speaker in the studio and what would happen is like we'd all connect to the Bluetooth, the big, the big speaker. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it was the one we used to have in the main studio. And, but what would happen is if you were, if you didn't disconnect yourself, then if you were in the building, there would be a fight over who controlled the speaker. Uh So Kendall was teaching <laughs> her like candlelight flow. And I guess I had a playlist from like Beyonce or like one of my bar classes and in the middle of her candlelight flow. <laughs> Beyonce starts blaring. With the something. And I'm outside the classroom and I'm like, What the hell? And I can hear Kendall go, What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> and I, <had> to... <laughs> I wish I had been there for that. <laughs> it was so funny. And I had to run in there and go, oh, my God, Kendall, I think my phone is yours, And so we finally agreed up. But Kendall was traumatized. Well, I mean, it like trauma. Like she had low-level PTSD. And afterward, she was like, um, I might bring my own speaker. <laughs> I and did bring you, my own speaker. And she's like, and you might need to. I'm serious. Like it was so <laughs> funny because Kendall was like, I mean, it, there was like no second chances <laughs> after that. She was not taking any chance that would happen again. And I laughed so hard because I mean, yes, I was embarrassed, but Kendall's <laughs> reaction was, was so damn funny. I mean, she was like ready to like hide <laughs> under the, under the stage. What's your funniest moment taking a yoga class? Funny? Yeah. Or embarrassing or whatever. Just okay. something that stands out in taking a class. How about annoying? Okay, fine. I can think of it. A- <laughs> okay. Bring it on. You I get- can think of an annoying thing. Okay. So. <coughs> I can think of a lot of annoying things. I know. Things.
1: Well, so I, before I took my yoga teacher training, which I took with Asheville Community Yoga. Yeah, right. um, I did that The year before, I made my decision at Asheville Yoga Center because of a couple of teachers there. But then I took a year at Asheville Community because I knew I was going to try to do my training with them. And I I can't even remember which class it was. Some kind of flow. You know, usually I took a level one, two. Yeah. And there was this guy that would come in every time. And I... I, I, it got to the point where I was trying to figure out where he might go so that I could go like completely mm-hmm. because he was so loud for everything in the class
0: mm-hmm. and sort of like yoga performance, yes. like notice me, Yeah. I'm so amazing yes. at all the things, and, I want to make sure you run your team every, team yeah, and
1: groaning and and I, you know, it was like five or six times and I was like he, he comes in, and I'm like, I, you know, I remember where he was the last time. He's mm-hmm. like, all the way. Makes the beeline
0: over to close to where my mat is. It's almost like a cat that knows you don't like cats. Yes. You know, and they the, want to
1: rub up against
0: you. Yes, because they know you don't like them. <laughs> exactly.
1: So, I, at one point, and, you know, I was trying to use, like, my, my brain thoughts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it came out of my mouth, what the fuck is wrong with you?
0: And I'm thinking into my did you say it? Yes! <gasps> it came
1: out of my mouth. And I was just like, And he knew that it was directed at <laughs> because he kind of looked back at me and, you know, he was like, here. Okay, like, that's here. hilarious. And I know. And I was just like, and I just kind of looked <laughs> I didn't own it. I didn't own that I had said that, but I was like,
0: what is wrong with me that I just said so that You know, that begs a follow-up question. Is, did it change his behavior? No. Okay. It did not. Mm-hmm. But I
1: was able, for some reason, to second-guess where he was going to be, and he wasn't quite so close, but, you know, I could still hear him in the class. Right. It was, it was the big, you know, classroom A
0: or whatever. It was a big one. I've never been to Asheville Community, so I don't really know It well, they've very got very well. huge. They've got a couple of huge ones. Right. And this was a huge class.
1: And I just kept thinking, I kept, like, mm-hmm. trying to channel the teacher and tell her to,
0: tell people that but I knew that wasn't well you know I've been in classes and I've done like I've been in classes where that's happening and I've literally said so you know like your big your dry breath shouldn't be heard by the person next you know like (laughs) I've even been so specific and it doesn't they don't think it's them. Well, the hilarious part is everybody else in the room who you're not talking to, like, is silent as a mouse. And the <laughs> one person you're talking to exactly. is like, she's not talking to me. Yeah. I mean, she's not talking to me. I know. So, I mean, that's the irony is yeah. that and you can't say, hey, you, you know, because that's frowned upon. So, mm-hmm. you don't do that. Although, you're tempted. And so, that's a discussion uh, you have after class privately. But yeah. that's something you don't do publicly. Yeah. And people.
1: I don't know that I would ever... I mean, I think I'd probably, here, I would probably talk to you before I would talk to a student about mm-hmm. that and ask you yeah. about it. Because, what are the proper boundaries? I yeah, because yeah. I would feel really no, uncomfortable about saying something. something Look, you've
0: got to, I mean, that's the thing as a yoga teacher, sometimes you've got to deal with really uncomfortable stuff you don't want to deal with. You know, I can't tell you how many awkward conversations I've had to have with people, and it's not, it's never fun. No. Yeah. And sometimes they go overwhelmed, sometimes they don't. Yeah and it is what it is yeah you know
1: uh you know what <laughs> i cannot wait until i get back into a class that's
0: big enough that i have to deal with that shit. <laughs> i'm gonna tell you here's it never goes away like i remember my first bikram class i went in and there was a guy in front of me who was like the most interesting man in america on the dos Equis commercial he'd oiled up he was like a silver fox he wore chains a little tiny bikini became- i'm serious and the whole time He was like this shiny object. I couldn't, which I think was the whole point of it. Yeah, I couldn't look away from him, and it was just I had to laugh at myself because I was like, I mean, I, I, I cannot get away from this man. Like he is just, I'm, and I know he thought he, like I couldn't stop looking at him because he was just super sexy. Yeah. But the truth was, I just couldn't for no other reason other than he was shiny. Yeah. And then I remember being in a class at the Asheville Yoga Center, and I went with Leanne and jesse and jerica we were having like a, a staff kind of you know outing day nice. and we went out to dinner and we had massages and i remember we go in there and it was we were taking shayla's class and i end up and so we like we kind of line up our mats and i'm sort of tardy to the party because i do the bathroom and i ended up on the like the leanne's next to me and this young guy's next to me with his mun his man bun and i knew <laughs> i remember just going oh shit and I swear to God, the entire class, his effluvia and sweat was all over me. And all. And, and my mantra was, I have indoor plumbing. I can wash this off. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That was my mantra the whole class. And he was just one of those who like, you know, headstand in between every pose, and, you know, God love him, and it's his practice, he can do whatever he wants, exactly. but I had to laugh, because, I mean, he was a hot mess, literally, and the, you know, and I just had to say to myself, okay, I can see his sweat literally landing on my body and my mat, but I have indoor plumbing, I can shower later, like, it's not a big deal, <laughs> you know, I'm going to let him be him, and I'm just going to let me be me, and I'm going to yeah. yeah, think about this while we swim. Yeah, and we and so hilariously after that class, I'll never forget this, there was a cute little couple in front of us, and they were so cute, and you could tell they were together, and there was something about their little vibe that uh, it was another shiny object. So we leave, and she gets on her roller skates, and he gets on his like, skateboard, and they roll off into the sunset, and mm-hmm. we're thinking, only in Asheville. Only in you, Asheville. You should have had a video of that. I mean, I should have. It was so funny. We Yeah, we giggled so hard about that. You know, because they were they were just such a treat, a sight for sore eyes. So you know, you have, you, have to, you can't leave your sense of humor at the door no. when you go into a class, and that will get you through life in general. Okay, what is your superpower? So let's I will start. Mine is flying. So if I have a superpower, it's flying. Like I would love to be able to just fly. But there's so many. Like, would you want to be invisible? Would you want like what would your superpower be if you could choose one? <laughs> you yeah. got a look on your face that I wish everybody could see because it was a sneaky devious
1: look well for one thing it's so bizarre that you say flying because I used to have dreams I had dreams
0: my parents. Yeah. Hundreds of them, and I would ask other me people. Me too. And they'd be, like, looking at me, like, Yeah. you know. Point. No, my entire high school me life. food. And I remember taking off, like, running. Yes. And taking off and being, and like, flight. I can fly. And you can see what's yes.
1: happening. And you, like, yep. like if you were in danger, yeah. you could run and fly away from yep. it.
0: Yes. I had that dream my whole entire high and school And if you period. were
1: almost ready in a dream to, like, drop into a coal pit uh-huh. that was wet and molten, you could fly over. Yeah.
0: it. It was a really useful skill to have in yes, your dreams. Yes, that would be. Yeah, and I, I kind like of wonder, be. like, on a deep psychological level, what that means. <laughs> I thought we were going to get deep on this. Yes, but, <laughs> but I mean, I don't but, know yeah. what it means. But yeah, I'm telling you, I had dreams I could fly all the time, and it was too. so vivid. Yep. And they were so visceral, and I mm-hmm. think that's why that's my chosen superpower because I felt it in my dreams, yeah. and I loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it felt. It felt. It you know
1: invigorating. It felt releasing. Mm -hmm. It felt protective. Yeah. Everything.
0: Yeah. So would that be yours too? Yeah. Cheers. We're toasting to that superpower. Cheers.
1: Salute. Yeah. That'd be
0: so awesome. I know. I
1: would like to do that.
0: And you know, the closest I've come, so I was in the Keys one time and I parasailed. So you know you get behind the boat and they send yeah. you up, and I was scared to do the dip because I'd seen Jaws and you know I was kind of. <laughs> Not in the case. No, but you know what I'm saying. Like I'd seen Jaws and it had a profound impact on me. I still have an obsession with sharks. So they can slow down the boat where you do the dip and you dangle your feet in the water and they take you back up. And I was kind of scared to do that. So, but I remember being up there and thinking, Oh, this is so awesome! Like that was so cool, and I've never skydived. Um, and I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks it would be awesome and a part of me that thinks it would be terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I know my, one of my, my old roommate actually did a tandem. So she did it with someone and they pulled the shoes. Tans- yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, but then part of me thinks what I really want to do a tandem, like, you know, but then, yeah, I less room I mean, for error. If you tandem could be like, <laughs> To me, tan could be really life-saving. Terrifying. Yeah. Well, yeah, because what yeah. if you forget to pull the thing yeah. and, you know, all the things. So, yes, I get that. But my dad, of course, when I told him about my obsession with flying and, you know, whatever, my dad was like, yeah, I had a friend of mine whose daughter died. I don't know if he made that shit up, but I, it totally, <laughs> it, it accomplished dad, the goal. That I That sucks. <laughs> I know. My dad's in the insurance business, and he's very fond of telling me of oh. all the horrible things that can happen. He knows of everything that can go wrong. He cares Because that's that. what, yeah. Well, sure he does. Yeah. And so, yeah. Thanks, Dad. I've never skydived because of that. So, I don't know. That might be on my bucket that
1: list. That might be, that might be, like, you know, to do with
0: everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have, like, what, a Wayne's Will Yoga Center skydiving? Wouldn't that be Could we make a circle? Yes, yes. <laughs> that would be fun. It would be fun. I wonder, don't, I would be curious to know who would do it and who wouldn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would only do it tandem. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I would probably, uh, my, well, uh, let me just say that it, I would be recommended to do it tandem, yeah. obviously. <laughs> so if you could spend a day in anyone's body, who would you choose? Oh, <laughs> so many Male choices. or female, transgender, no limits on that. If you could spend a day in anyone's body, who would it be?
1: <laughs> I wanted to think about it, but I have to tell you who who popped into my mind. Who popped in? Oprah Winfrey. Okay, why? Because I think that she is one of the most remarkable women that has ever set foot mm-hmm. at this point in these times, right? On our planet. And right. and I you know I think that the full
0: experience would be what she, like, to step into her body for an extended period of time. Sure, because you would want to know what her processes are. Exactly. Yeah, her mindset. Because she had a lot of shit she had to She with. did. She sure did. And, and The Color Purple is one of my favorite movies of all time. And. And she was amazing in that movie.
1: Yeah. And yet, she got to where
0: she is. I mean, I,
1: <clears throat> I just feel like. I would like to feel that energy that mm-hmm. she must have experienced and you know, that
0: spirit there's something in her I think it's a drive. I think she has a drive to um to just be better and do better. And, I think that's and, an and essential to make part of better
1: for other people. Oh yeah. Her, it's
0: all interconnected. Yeah. Because I do think she she's kinda of willing to push boundaries and yeah. she's willing to um You know, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people in her position might've been held back by doubt, by fear, but she's not let that control her. And I do find that really admirable.
1: I do too. And I I think that she's been like, she, she has influenced me in decisions that I've made Mm for the past 20 years. And And one of the things that she said was, you know, you are one choice away from the new beginning. And that has been my mantra. That Mm -hmm. has been my thing. And, and just her knowledge and her, you know, being a black woman who has dealt with what she has had to deal with and to get to where she is and still be so gracious Mm -hmm.
0: and so giving, Uh you know, I just inspired yeah. yeah, and it's funny. A later question I ask is who inspires you, and I bet Oprah.
1: Yeah, be she's the one. She, which is really weird because, you know, our our well, I mean, we both. I I come from a very poor background, and she obviously, well, it's not obvious, but she grew up very poor. But she's had to deal with a lot, and there are a lot of things that I had to deal with in my life that people don't know about. And yeah. She lived that life and I lived that life, but, and yet she's gracious. And I, I really aspire to be as gracious as mm-hmm. she is and as giving mm-hmm. as she has been,
0: you know, she'd have to be as giving as she has been. So, no, it's like that poem, Orion oh. Mountain Dreamer, where you can stand in the fire and open your heart after you've been like, you know, heart, heartbreak after heartbreak and you've been beaten down by life and still say, you know, like I'm here. You know, and I love that. Yeah. yeah, And that, and I know what you're saying, and I do think of her that way. Yeah. Yeah. Mine would be, I'd spend a day in some man's body, just because I'd want to know. You wouldn't? Yeah. I just want to know what it's like to have all the parts and do all the things. And but, be that privileged. Yeah. I mean, I just think it would be really interesting to spend a day in a life of, of a man. Mm-hmm. And just and a powerful so, man. So if public. I had to
1: pick a man, you know, it's so weird because my, the first thing that comes to my mind is Barack Obama. Obama. Mm-hmm. Like, it's these two black people in this world, and it's not—it's not because of their color, but it is because of their color because their life was so
0: different, right? And they overcame. It, yeah, so you'd thing. want to experience what it's like to live to have that experience and be strong like they were, and yeah. overcome it. Sure, and, and still live, live through it. Yeah. Day. Yeah. 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 I love that. That's mm-hmm. great. Because I mean, I, you do want to experience something that is so outside the boundaries it's of your everyday. I mean, I would, Yeah. that's how I would choose. So what have you learned about yourself as a student of yoga and a teacher of yoga? Oh Lord. <laughs> and now, Cause that's a simple question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. I think it, like the short version of what I've learned is that you can teach an old dog new tricks. You can, it doesn't matter at what. Especially time. if the
0: old dog is open-minded.
1: Yes. But, but that's part of it. I mean, you've got to
0: be open-minded or you're not going to learn anything. Yeah. I always think it would come back to adaptable. The word adaptable. Yes. My grandmother was so adaptable and I think that's why she aged as gracefully yeah. as she did. And I think we have to be adaptable. Yes.
1: I that's totally like that hits that's like it hits the nail on the head because if you cannot adapt and that's that speaks to our economy in the world, not just this country in the world, it speaks to um our our persevering during it a pandemic, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's now or in the early 1900s, I mean, you have to adapt. And if you refuse to adapt, if you hang on so tightly to something that is important to you, and it's not that that shouldn't be important, it's that you need to let go sometimes and look to the next lead that is going to be your lifeline. Mm -hmm. And you have to be, you have to be willing to let go Because hanging on can strangle you. Sure. It can kill you. Yeah. And if you are willing to say, okay, I see it coming, I'm
0: going to let go and I'm going to grab it. Yeah. Because control is an illusion, isn't it? It really is. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) So, I mean, the idea that we can control all things and nothing, we can't control that. I mean, no, absolutely not. Okay. So what is your favorite style of yoga and why? You can pass. Hard pass on that one. Oh, God. Because you don't have to have one. You know that, Do way. I have a style? I don't know. I mean, well, it's interesting. I mean, I if I had to describe your style, I would call it a little bit eclectic because I think you would like to move, but because you teach beginners, I think that you're uniquely suited to, you know, enough movement, but not too much movement and some stillness. I think you're actually pretty good at that. Thank you,
1: thank you yeah. for that, because I, what I want to do, my, I don't know how to describe my style, but what I want to do for my students is I want to push them, but not so far that they won't come back to the Right. but to push them so that they, in the, the class, In shavasana, saying. You know, shavasana is an advanced
0: pose for a lot of people.
1: Well, yeah, I know that personally. I know that so well. And but that they end their class in shavasana, saying, "I through it." You know, because I don't want them to come to my class and think, you know, I really. Oh, okay. You know, that was that was nice. I don't want them to think that. I want them to like be like, "I made it through it." Mm -hmm. That it was challenging, not just
0: physically. Yeah, but but probably mentally, but not so far out of their comfort zone that they're. Exactly. Yeah. Okay.
1: I don't want to placate them for the beginners class. You know. Right.
0: Well, beginner is such a subjective word because, uh-huh, yes. I mean, what someone, you know, like, I mean, what one person considers beginner, another one may not. It's, so that's such a, yeah, that's such a misleading term. I know. Do you know what I've I mean? Been
1: trying to, I've been trying to think of another term
0: I haven't come up with. Of it. I haven't either. And if fact, you come up with it, let me know. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, because everyone's so sensitive to the word beginner. But really, yeah. if the shoe fits, and that's kind of how I feel about it. Um... So if you're in hell and the devil is playing a song over and over and over to torture you, what is that song? Oh, to torture me. Yeah. So what song do you hate? Hmm.
1: <laughs> what song do I hate? I I'm really. So there's no not song like that when it H comes voice. Okay. Okay. And it, it's so weird because people are like, you don't like the Beach Boys? It's not that I don't like the Beach Boys. It's just that that whole genre of music, beach music. It's in my nerves. That's
0: yeah, too cotton
1: candy for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'm kind of a, I mean, I can be cotton candy, but it's just like it's on my nerves.
0: Beach, mm-hmm. beach music yeah i know what you mean it's like it can be a little bit uh i don't know i mean i've been at parties where they played the beach music and i was like you know what come get me one of those. i work.
1: know it's not like it's trite it's like reading a book that i'm like you really
0: recommend this book? because it's very trite <laughs> yeah cliche cliche i don't know what you mean yeah all right we're gonna wrap up soon i have a few quick like short answer questions do you remember your first word hell no okay first memory earliest memory I
1: don't my, what is it what's my first memory yeah
0: hmm.
1: that's interesting what my first memory is and I'm not going to say it okay
0: you don't it's have not to good yeah okay well that's okay yeah because but you the fact that it's so vivid in your yeah. mind and your body tells me that it was yes Okay, so home practice, you and I have talked about this. I know you have a dedicated space. I want you to tell me why you think it's important to have a dedicated space um in your own home for your yoga practice.
1: Because that is the space that I've opened that those those doors and you've been and there. And that's like now it's a gorgeous space. Yeah, you walk in and it's like immediately it's like the tension starts to leave my body. So walking in that room starts that process. And when I lived in my house in West Asheville, I loved my house, but it's like I did my practice in the living room because I didn't have a dedicated space. Mm-hmm. And it's like I had to move things around. It was so stressful. And you know when you got, to, and so that that was my actually number one priority when I bought another house was that I had a post space that I could set up as a yoga mm-hmm. room. Yeah. Because I don't feel like I can teach a yoga class. I mean, to me, teaching yoga, to teach a yoga class, is like, I have to have a good practice.
0: Yes, I would agree. Wholeheartedly. I can't stress that enough. If you know You need to have a home practice, period, whether you're a teacher or not. But especially as a teacher, you have to have your own practice. And I, that's...
1: On the days that I don't want to practice, and I walk past those double doors, they beckon to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, you better get Come on, Trish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so, it, you know, it, it like serves a lot of purposes, mm-hmm. and, and it's like, I, not
0: everybody can have that. And no, I'm not everybody it. can, but even if you can't have a dedicated space, you can have a dedicated corner. Yes. In that you can put a little altar or a candle. Mm-hmm or get out the yummy. So, I mean, my, my point more so than the dedicated space, which if you have it, use it, but if you don't make a concerted effort to have the things around you to make it to where it feels fulfilling to you as a practitioner, um, take the time to be mindful and aware of what will make your practice enhanced and feel better, whether it's lighting a candle you know, staging the room, whatever it is like that. I think that's important to, to make the rituals and the, the the steps and the things do that every time, because then it's like your nervous system gets the signal. Yes. Here we yes.
1: go. It's kind of like going to bed at night and people, you know, the whole thing about if you're having trouble sleeping.
0: Yeah. What's your
1: routine? Yeah. What's your routine? Number one, you need a routine. Mm-hmm. Number two, don't have stimulating things like mm-hmm. a TV or whatever in your no. room. And, and that's kind of what a yoga room is about. Yeah. It's like it sets, it sets the precedent for what yeah, sets, sets a
0: tone sets a tone. Yeah. Yes. Very well yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, um, I, this is one of the last questions I'm going to ask. You were very good at theming your classes and i and I see them cause you put them up on social media. How, Do you choose the themes and why do you think it's important to theme? Well, I think it's important
1: to theme because I learned that in my yoga teacher training and I believe it. I believe in it. I believe that it gives us a place, a way to kind of come into that space and kind of ground us. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't buy into my theme when you come into my class, you... Know that there's something here you can latch on to if you need to to kind of bring you back into that room and keep you from thinking about everything outside. And my things are usually guided by whatever has happened to me, but not just me, to my world, my community, and maybe even the world internationally that week. And so by Saturday, I usually have an idea in my mind of what my thing is going to be. By Sunday, I cement that idea and I figure out what I want my class to have an intention about because I really believe, I mean, I, that was one of the things that helped me was um, setting an, an intention for the class. As a teacher. As a teacher. And that's very,
0: I agree, that's very important.
1: Yeah. It's important to set it as a teacher, but even as a student. I mean, I learned it as a student mm-hmm. to do that. And then as a teacher, like, n- not all my students are going to, you know, kind of connect with what the theme is. And that's okay. They don't they don't need to. It might not be important to them that week, mm-hmm. But I can pretty much guarantee that at some point, they're going to connect with something. Because it's not only about me, although my own life might... It might influence what my theme is. But it's like we're with so much stuff, you know, that I kind of want to say, here's what's going on in the world. I acknowledge it. I am feeling or experiencing what you're experiencing. And that's what we want as a community. We want to know that we're influenced by what's happening in our community. We want to know that it's affecting us. And I just want people to know that we're connected, and I think that's the way you do it, you know? We're connected by a theme. Mm-hmm. Very know? well said. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> but it, it kind of, I
0: think, helps people to focus. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it helps you design the class, and it helps you have an, you know, because I think as a teacher... You set an intention mm-hmm. and then that helps you design and everything is based off of that. Exactly. And then the class, whether they get it or not, doesn't matter because there's cohesion there. They can either choose to, you know, resonate with it or not. But you know, I agree with you. Everybody's, you know, they have their own practice on their own mat yeah. and they, it's there for them if they choose to pick it up, but it's not, by no means a heavy hammer that we beat them with because, you know, <laughs> exactly. where's, the, you know where's the fun in that? Yeah. All right. Well, anything you want to end with, any last words or any last observations? We're um, glad to have you, you know, teaching beginners, I think is um, a little different challenge because you want to, you're introducing people to a practice that you love and cherish and you want them to come back and you want them to feel that you're meeting them on their level, you know, like that that you're embracing them on their level because, There's a great, I read a great quote today and I can't think of, I can't remember the exact words. I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's basically like, you know, this idea that, oh, well, I'm not good enough to practice yoga or I'm not in enough shape. And it's like, well, that's not the point of yoga. Exactly. The point of yoga is it meets you where you are and you're at. If you have a body and you can breathe, you can practice. Yeah. So anything, you know, you're, you do our beginners class here at the Waynesville Yoga Center. So any kind of final thoughts or final insights, kind of encouraging people who are nervous, and intimidated by yoga like where explain to them how they do fit in and they do have a place and that the biggest hurdle that they have is probably mental more than physical even though they think it's physical right exactly and i think well one of the things is when you
1: go to a beginner's class it might feel like more than what you expected or way less than or way less than, and either one of those things, they're just part of a spectrum. Mm-hmm. And sometimes my class will be way less than what somebody expects. Yeah. Because I I, I do um, target my what I do in my class to my students that have been coming on, on a regular basis. And so I do kind of try to create a class that's gonna be good for them. If somebody's new in that class, I'll try to temper that, but it still might feel more challenging. And so I guess I encourage people who are new to a beginner's class to like at least come to three or four so that you can figure out if that's gonna be a fit for you. And I don't think that like there are there are times that maybe somebody who's not a beginner, which I have students, they've been they've been coming to my classes for a couple of years mm-hmm. now and And they're not beginners, but they like the pace of the class. And so, it's not a label for you, the person who comes into the class as a beginner. It's just to give you an idea that you're going to get a little more guidance. And that's what a beginner's class is about. It's
0: about providing guidance in terms of cues Mm -hmm. for the people that are in class. Right. Yeah, well said. I mean, I it's funny. I mean, I can get something out of every class I take. And I think that's the attitude you have to have. Yes, I'm going to get something out of this class. I'm going to learn something about myself, mm-hmm. whether it's how impatient I am. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, or whatever it is. Well, thanks Trish for joining me on my podcast. Namaste real. Um Trish teaches yoga for beginners Monday nights at 7. 15. 715 mm-hmm. and her class is amazing if you've never tried it um, her environment very nurturing and welcoming and I think you owe it to yourself if you're interested in yoga to decide if your real concern is are you physically ready or is it more of a mental readiness because I think that there are a lot of pictures out there of yoga on Instagram and people think it's it's gymnastics and Cirque du Soleil more than it is, but that's like the 1% of it, you know? And so if you're interested, Trish would be a great place to start. Yes. Come see her. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Thanks for joining us on Namaste Real. We'll see you next time. Thank you guys. Bye.